Hi. You can see and hear me. And can you hear Dan. me? Hi, Dan. Anna, can you hear me? Okay, can I can't hear, hear you, unfortunately. This might be on my end. I might need to switch mics. Hold on, because it doesn't... It never... Oh, boy. Dan is waiting to reconnect. Everyone can hear me, though? Yes? Okay, and I heard Dan, too, but he is reconnecting. He is reconnecting. All right, I'm vamping. Woohoo, vamping. Doing the shuffle. Welcome, everyone. Um... I stopped my peripheral watch. I guess I'd better, like, get back into it. Uh, I got screeners, and I enjoyed them. I thought that there was something weird about the video, and I asked on the Discord about that, but maybe there wasn't. Can you hear me now? Yes. Good. Okay. Great. Hello, everyone. Sorry about that. I had to switch mics. <laughs> yes. Hello. Um, I guess it's a little chilly in a lot of places. Will you excuse me just one second? I need to close the door so it doesn't get chillier in here. Dan, Time for me to vamp. I will vamp. I will vamp. Uh, I, we apologize for being a, f a few minutes late. We literally just finished recording uh, the Greenland episode. So, um, you know, we were up against a, a deadline, obviously, of trying to do this. But um, uh, we enjoyed doing that. We enjoyed watching the film. And so yeah, you'll, well, you'll get we, to hear uh, it come Friday. Talk about our, our, we could talk here about our, our thoughts on the end of Butler Vember, which is that I'm glad we did it because we like to do stuff that we can yes. do because it's our show. <laughs> Yes, I think I'm glad I'm glad we came up with the idea, but I I guess my take is is that I didn't quite enjoy Gerard Butler in the sort of ironic way that I was expecting. I, I don't know how to put this. Like even the really bad film like Geostorm was not as enjoyable as the bad role in Emmerich films. Yeah, I agree. Oh, wow, that's really annoying little light there. Can I get rid of that? There. You can still hear me. Good. Um, all right. Well, we should get to our questions. Uh, yes. So, oh, it's peripheral. Um, <laughs> set in a future where technology has subtly altered society, a woman discovers a secret connection to alternate reality as well as a dark future of her own. Comments on peripheral. Would I take a gig as as like as a now I've forgotten her name. What is her name? Flynn. 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 Her name would is I Flynn. take a gig like Flynn's? Sh sure. If I was that good at gaming. As, I was going to say, like, the problem is you're not a gamer. This is the thing yeah, we both as, suck as at. As listeners to the podcast know that one of the flaws in our approach has been that uh, we can't do games, which I think we both acknowledge it is a narrative format that's very interesting. There's cool stuff done. And we don't get to really say much about it. Because I did write right. a piece as about we... um, Bioshock for Slate hmm. as a person who hadn't gamed, like what it was like to play that uh, and playing Ooh, it in Trump's America. I played, it was the Bioshock <laughs> 3, I think, which is the one with the slavery still existing. Uh, people here will know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, hmm. Whether or not I got the one, got the number right. The one, the one thing I would say about gaming, I'm really proud I got, or happy I got to do this. Though, like, again, my coolest dad moment ever was when I took my son to the San Diego Comic-Con because I got to present on the zombie book, which was great. Um, but, like, it was hard to get into some of the panels, obviously. There are long lines for just about everything. But I did get into the panel. Sam and I got into the panel, um, and it was previewing The Last of Us, which was about to, you know, it was going to come out, like, in the next year. And I was legitimately blown away watching and, like, listening to both the actors and the game designers and the screenwriter. Like, the amount of effort put into that was... Honestly, like I appreciated the craft and it's not like I've ever played The Last of Us, but but I'm intrigued that it's going to be a series now on HBO. And, and you know, it, it really did make me respect the as an art form. It made me respect gaming, even though I suck as a gamer and will never be able to, to really enjoy it. But I, I now realize that's a problem with me and not with the genre. Yeah, we should do the the, the show when it comes. Yeah, out. we should. I yeah. agree. When it comes out, yeah. Uh, so, done answering that. Um, any special Thanksgiving plans? Thank you, Billy. 
Uh, Paul adds, turkey will take four days to thaw out. Just stuck it in the fridge. Plan to watch more <laughs> peripheral. Yeah, I guess people can weigh in in the comments about what their Thanksgiving plans are. Dan? Uh, we are hosting Thanksgiving. Um, so, yes, yes, we are. Uh, we, it was up in the air um, for reasons that... Uh, we don't need to get into, but um, anyway, uh, as it turns family, out, my, yeah, family, yes, but my family is coming up, um, extended family, and my daughter's coming home from uh, the Berkshires, which I'm looking forward to, and also I get to do the thing I like to do, which is cook for a lot of people. The Jewish mother in me uh, loves this, um, and most importantly for Thanksgiving, and I firmly believe this, I am making a second meat. You can't just do turkey. On Thanksgiving, I believe you need to have a, a another meat that people legitimately enjoy. Um, so, you know, I also do lamb, um, lamb. which I'm looking forward to. Interesting choice. Yeah. Yes. Uh, what about you, Anna? I, I guess other some other options are not open to you. Uh, <laughs> no, no, the, the ham. Yes, I confess. I like. I eat ham. I eat pork. I don't keep kosher. But the big ham is a little bit much, even for me. There was a brief moment where it looked like it would just be our family doing Thanksgiving, and that was the one moment I thought, "Can we get the ham? Because like my extended family won't be there, and like no one else will know, so I can get that ham." But but no, no, gotta can't can't go can't cross that line. Well, Sorry. My Thanksgiving plans. I actually. Uh, people read my my uh, sober question column I go into detail about this but i am spending this thanksgiving alone uh hmm. if you don't count pets of course i think many people here do count pets and i count my pets. oh yes and i am also it is not like i don't feel like it's alone alone like oh poor me like i have a great neighbor i will see her you know i talk to my family there's no like um there's no reasons that are like there's well, I mean, it's sad not to see your family, but I don't feel like I'm abandoned. Let's put it that way. Like, uh, and I'm weirdly looking forward to it. I ordered a catered meal uh, from uh, Central Market, which is HEB's uh, Whole Foods uh, type store, and it's the smallest you could get was for four. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> So there was you all have food until December. <laughs> I do have a I have a chest freezer, which is a maybe odd thing for a single lady, uh, but I have one, so it because freezers are too small. Freezers and modern refrigerators are too small. So I have a chest freezer, uh, which I'm planning on clearing out of you know stuff that's I need to clear out anyway, <laughs> and uh, I'm gonna freeze it, freeze what I have left over. I'm going to get to watch however much football I want to. Uh, won't have to remember That's true. And, and of distant relatives, which sometimes is hard mm -hmm. for me. Go ahead. Also, this is going to be a fun Thanksgiving for, for both Anna and I because uh, the Cowboys are playing the Giants. And I believe we are going to be opposite side on opposite sides of that. Uh, I have reluctantly landed on the Cowboys as my team. Uh, it's my family's team. My dad's. And you're living in Texas now. I get that. Yeah. Even I, you know, even because you did used to root for the, the Giants. I, I rooted for the Giants because I, I married into a yes. Giants family. And I will say, yeah. the very first NFL game I ever went to was a Giants game. And it was the game where Odell Beckham made that catch. Oh, that. Oh, wow. You got to see that live. That's impressive. So, okay. It was, and that, how could I not become an NFL fan after that, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. still, they actually did a, they did a thing on, um, uh, NFL countdown this morning about great one-handed catches. Oh, right, because the Vikings catch from last Viking week, catch, which was which also I amazing. Missed, yeah. But uh, yeah, um, I missed that game because my dad was in town and we went out for Tex-Mex, which was valuable, although both of us kind of regretted missing the game. Uh, but <laughs> they had people talking about how that catch is still like it's probably going to go down. The Odell's catch uh, yeah. is one of the best one-handed catches because uh, because mm -hmm. like, he's like laid out backwards. He's like almost you know also it's aesthetically astonishing like it's it's like the smooth way in which he you know yeah yeah i mean i'm not a big odell fan but uh yeah. that's really impressive so yeah. i think we both have lovely thanksgiving plans i see doug is going to go to an indian buffet trivia my dad Ooh. is a vegetarian and when i had thanksgiving with him when i was a kid we would have indian food that was he would get, get it catered and we would have Indian food. Nice. Okay. Uh, so I have, I have, I love Indian food on Thanksgiving. I think it's sort of like having Chinese on Christmas. Um, 
so Anna, oh. we need we need a Molly we need a Molly murder kitten update, I believe. Oh, is that what oh oh murder kitten update? Uh she's still murdery. Um <laughs> I can answer that. Um she has she's seven months old now, I think. And she's gotten a little less hyper, but this morning like she will it'll go through spurts like this morning she does this thing which i've tried to post about where when she gets murdery like her ears go flat and her eyes completely (laughs) dilated and she you can see her just kind of looking around for like something to murder and her tail twitches in this very like you know uh distinctive way and she was doing that this morning Mm -hmm. and for better or for worse i have wind up training her to to play with my hand and uh Sometimes she will attack it out of nowhere. Like, <laughs> I'll be, like, doing something, and then suddenly I'll have, like, koala. The, remember the koalas <laughs> used to clip on pencils? Like Oh, vaguely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. she'll, like, koala yeah. my arm. So uh, she is Fair not enough. in the room. She is napping right now, but um, she's still murdery, and she will always will be. I love her for that. <laughs> You know what? She knows who she is. That's the important thing. That's right. She she's very she is thoroughly herself. Uh, <laughs> any thoughts about the IR and House of the Dragon? Should they have negotiated better with the Triarchy? So part of the issue here is that like I, I wrote Anna's not going to like hearing this. I did create a Substack, um, you know, and yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah. Just it's just be prepared for the Substack apocalypse, Dan. That's I understand, saying. but I wrote a, a an essay about House of the Dragon on there, so I, you know, I did. Uh, how would I put this? the The problem with House of the Dragon is that it, at least in the IR thing, part of the issue is like I don't know how the triarchy works. Like you, you just know the triarchy is out there. You saw like that one guy was it the crab? Was that his name? Like the king crab or whatever. The uh, you know the the leader, I literally think he has no dialogue, and we have no idea what's going on 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 that side of the equation. So there's no way I can say if there's a negotiation that should have taken place as opposed to you know just using brute force. It does seem like brute force didn't entirely work out. Um, my my bigger takeaway on House of the Dragon is that the problem with House of the Dragon is that it's Game of Thrones, but it's it recognizes the flaws of Game of Thrones, so it tries to have less sex position and all of those sorts of things. It's Game of Thrones without the joy in a weird way, which is not a... Fu- like, you know, whatever you think about the sex position, whatever you thought about the stuff that might have been objectionable at Game of Thrones, there was a sort of joie de vivre about it. There were characters like Tyrion or Jaime that could occasionally make a joke. Um, there were occasionally lighthearted moments. There's none of that in House of the Dragon. House of the Dragon is just everyone... The, the, the way I would think about House of the Dragon is that um, I think it's Olivia Cuckoo plays Alicent has what I call resting appalled face throughout the entire show. Like all she's doing is just mildly appalled at the way everyone else, including herself, is behaving. And like after a while, it was like, OK, like it's well done and I'll probably watch it. And there are times where I've enjoyed it in the moment. And then every time after the show is done, I'm like, oh, I don't know. What do you and think? As much Anna? as I love Matt Smith, he's no Nicola. Hard to say name. Coster Coster Waldo. Yeah. Who? Yeah. I think Matt Smith in general can bring joy to his parts, and there's around the edges you you get a sense of him having fun playing this character, but mm-hmm. it's not nearly Peter Dinklage or Nicola Coster. Well, Waldo, do. yeah, yeah, um, or whoever it, played Braun. I loved Braun. In, yeah, in the original game. Yeah, yeah. And I agree. There's a there's not as much joy, but I, it's very good. Like it, it's well done in the moment. And also, I will say this: Patty Considine is fantastic. Oh yeah, I know it's like a showy Emmy kind of performance. Like particularly that one walk he has, you know, in the last episode that he's in. But it was actually an interesting. That was interesting. Like a, a leader who might be somewhat weak and indecisive at times but nonetheless like you know like that character was fascinating because it sort of shows about what the way power can in some cases literally eat away at people um, and, and eat away yet, at also their his souls. weakness was that he presided over a peaceful time right well, exactly that, that, yes exactly weakness, weakness but right part of his story is that yeah. he presided over a peaceful time and i do think that they're <laughs> not wrong that that can mean you don't get tested 
right? You you yeah. you, you don't have a chance to to just to, to see if you can take it under pressure. So Absolutely. Yeah. When the time comes to make hard decisions at the very very end, he's not able to to stick through in a way that heroism also, demands. This was this was infuriating to me, I will say this. Like the idea that in some ways the rift that winds up I assume defining the rest of this show is based on a misunderstanding. Yeah. That was fucking annoying. There's just no other way to put it. Perhaps true to life. I mean, yeah, I guess I don't know. Uh, we have a football question, so. Uh, <laughs> oh, good lord! Okay. And people who enjoy this football question um, are going to enjoy the uh, Greenland episode, <laughs> <laughs> which we just recorded. As I said, you're gonna. There's not, there's not a lot of football in there, just to be very clear. But like, we do have a conversation. So we have a rather a somewhat lengthy discussion, which I can preview as a, a response to this question, which is: I am not a Longhorns fan because I am a TCU fan. I am a mm-hmm. Texas Christian University fan by blood. Uh, it is also true. My dad taught at UT for years and years, but before that, uh, he is from Fort Worth. My grandfather was a professor at TCU. Uh, my grandmother got her master's there, which very unusual and cool. Uh, my mom and dad met there. My my aunt and uncles went there. So it's it's a it has a strong family tie. And also, I went to University of Chicago, and that is not a place that you can have a football team really so the joke about the university of chicago is that it is the only university in american history that plowed under a football field to build a physics lab that's right uh they built uh, the fermi uh yeah the place where enrico fermi did his experiments um yes and then for a long time they didn't have a football team uh mm-hmm. so i root for a tcu uh it is a fun to i also think of it as kind of a punk rock team to root for because they are the horned frogs and <laughs> That is a bizarre mascot, and I love it. And <laughs> <laughs> and and when I was in high school, I wasn't a football fan, but my I was a fan of the bumper sticker my dad had on his GTO actually, um, which was "Killer Frogs." And <laughs> just how can you not love like the phrase "Killer Frogs"? And they had <laughs> we will not rehash too much, but their game yesterday was insane. Like, well, it's most insane. Heart attack inducing. Yes. Yes. Football I've seen in a long time. Uh, You can find it all over Twitter. It was just an insane set of decisions that still ended in a victory, basically. Uh, And I will point out, I went to the I went to the UT game last their game against UT last weekend with my dad. It was our annual TCU game. Anna, I actually watched that game. I almost never watched college football, but I wanted you to know that I did watch that game for many quarters. No, it was kind of boring, actually, for yeah, a long time. But, uh, the, but then it did get interesting towards the end. It I did get interesting that. toward the end. I will yeah, point out yeah. that we held Bijan Robinson to 29 yards in that game, which is, mm-hmm. I think, impressive. And it is also fun being a TCU fan right now because they are just still underestimated. Just still people. Well, let me put it this way. Anna, I, watching the, the Texas game, I was like, I'm beginning to understand why Anna likes this team. Because on the one hand, they did, like, they manhandled Texas for a long period of time, particularly the defense. And then, like, I, I, literally, I was almost about ready to switch off the game. Because I'm like, okay, they've got it well in hand. And then there was the bad fault. There was, like, the horrible snap that, like, leads to a Texas touchdown. I'm like, oh, now I get why Anna, like, you know, is into this. Like, you know, it's like heart attack inducing this team. Yo, and they're known for their big plays. Like, they, they play kind of boring for a while like that i i'm a big fan of the solid verbal uh college football podcast and i text a little bit with the hosts and dan rubenstein on that show has a has a bit that he does with bad games where he reads the uh drive chart to dvorak um <laughs> it works okay, and, i'm and charmed by that i confess like, punt 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 fumble interception punt you know <laughs> Okay. And I texted him. I'm like, "You're gonna have fun with this week's. This is gonna be the. <laughs> this is gonna be the drive chart you read." Fair enough. Uh, and and basically, it's been, a, but it's been wonderful. No one thought this was coming for TCU. Uh, first year, Sonny Dykes is is head of the program uh, after Gary Patterson was there for decades, and he's working with the same team that Gary Patterson had, and somehow undefeated. One of the three remaining undefeated teams in uh college football and how many more regular season games person paul i don't know her very well but uh anyway so that is our we should move on we i would say we've i think we've devoted we we always have to have a limit on on sports ball 
questions, yeah. I think. We recognize that it is not... I sometimes think that there should be a bigger crossover with uh, sci-fi fans and sports fans because it is also an artificial universe with weird mm. rules that come out of nowhere and you have to do some world building to make it work. But still, sometimes there's there's not the crossover you would think. So, um, more questions. Tom Phillips <laughs> has asked an interesting question. Uh which evil sci-fi corporation would do the best job of taking over Twitter? I, I, Tom, I'm going to need some clarification on this just because what do you mean by best? Like, <laughs> do you mean most entertaining? Yeah, exactly. Like, are we talking about entertaining or like, you know, evil competent or like what? Like, you know, I'm just not sure what. Um, I, I'm trying to think. Um, oh, I know. I know the best one. Uh, it would be OCP from RoboCop. Uh, that's good. I am blanking on like truly competent um, organizations. I guess. Well, actually, uh, what's the Empire's one? I uh, I be the Empire. Oh, the ISB. The ISB. Im the Imperial Security. Bureau? Well, that's not really a corporation. They're like. Well, I guess the it's a corporation, but... but I think that they do a very good job for many, many years. Mm-hmm. In, in the Star Wars universe. So I think that no, that, that could be a way to handle Twitter. I had another thought. Um, in Firefly, what was the corporate... You don't see it in the movie, but in the show there was a corporation like Blue... Mr. Blue Sun or something, or Mr. Sun. I can't remember what it was called. Blue Sun. Um, Blue Sun sounds right. I want to say it was Blue Sun. That would have been interesting because like they were sort of shadowy and you didn't quite Sun. know what they were doing. They, maybe, that, maybe that would have been good. Yeah, yeah, and I also just... We've talked about this on the Discord some. Uh, I'm finding it very difficult to tear my eyes away uh, from what's happening there. I believe, Dan and I discussed this very briefly on this last episode, but I don't think I got a chance to say this, which is I do believe that in order to to create the circumstances for Elon to fail in the way that everyone believes he must fail, not everyone, that the side of good, the side of the white, um, believes he must fail. And I know that was an unfortunate thing to use in terms of Twitter. I've been reading the Dark Tower series and they refer to the good side as the white. Oh dear. Yeah. So they mean it, you know, against in the perennial sense of good versus evil, but in the this context, not a great use of mm -hmm. that term. Uh, in order for the good to win, which they should, we must leave Twitter. Oh, I'm not sure I agree with we that. We must starve them. We, we cannot have it be a place that people go for content. Ooh, I don't know if I agree with that, Anna. I got to admit, like, there's a part of me that also thinks that it, the difficulty is re replicating Twitter. It or is. The, oh, the utility I, and, of Twitter and, and Mastodon, elsewhere. I'm, I'm coming to understand Mastodon, it is not a, it is a, <laughs> it is far more community oriented. And in some ways, it does remind me of Twitter in the early days. So maybe. Oh, really? OK. Discount Mastodon. No, I won't. All right. Maybe I'll try. I've, I've acquired a Mastodon account, but I have not really used it. And I clearly need to. So but I think maybe there's a moral argument for leaving Twitter, basically. <sighs> it's possible. I, I, you know, I, I guess the question is, is the, do I think there's enough value there that it's worth staying on and i'm honestly not sure at this point i grant you uh, it has been it's, it's like entertaining call. i just can't believe i mean it's just astonishing like how bad mm -hmm. he is at this like i mean i've made jokes about this but he seems to think he's one man tech support number one right like he is I personally guess. responding to people's issues with twitter <laughs> yeah it's a little weird there's <laughs> i mean it also by the way puts the lie to like something that that there were people who thought he might be really good at this and maybe he will be like, you know, I, I, I'm not a businessman. I don't know, like, you know, how this will work out. Maybe he knows something that I don't, but like what struck me was the number of people who thought like, oh yeah, he'll do a good job with this because, you know, he gets Twitter. He uses the product. And I'm like, yeah, but if you're selling addictive drugs, you really don't want to do like use the market or Don't use get high the, on your the good supply exactly yeah. basically that's what i'm in increasingly of the mind of so yeah yeah um i'm gonna take i see paul asking about uh south by southwest at, at he points out he was at south by southwest when twitter rolled out i was as well um oh, okay. and i remember the at&t towers going down uh because there were so many people using it it caught oh, on wow. immediately at least that's my memory that's um, 
even though it was weird and they called them something weird and it was weird to have 140 like characters it seemed arbitrary it is sort i guess it's based on some kind of limits of text messaging because that was the original idea was that tweets were going to be texts not right. posts um, which didn't entirely make sense but you know, yeah you and say. then uh i believe paul's also the person who's asking about uh what it's like for me to walk down south of congress uh no no hookers anymore um there used to be many of them when i was growing up uh south of congress was considered the very awful not awful um dicey dicey area of town uh there was a gun store for many years uh down there that is now i want to say a Madewell. <laughs> um it, it's it's very different place it's completely built up i gonna take a page from dan's book you know i appreciate the amount of you know the jobs and the value that have been built in austin becoming a bigger city um we have a huge homeless problem however we have a huge affordability problem problems that i don't have the answer to no one does um it has big city problems now basically i don't i i don't think I mean, I don't think there's ways to avoid them, really. Mm. You know, I mean, I think big cities have, small towns have problems. There's no small town without problems. Small cities no. have problems. Um, I think, I do believe that, I hope, you know, the people who want more progressive solutions don't leave. I, I saw an article in New York Magazine, which, New York Magazine, about a bunch of liberals leaving Texas and leaving Austin. Uh, I think if you have a trans kid, I would be out yesterday. Mm. Like, you should leave Texas. That is true. Like, it is not safe. Um, they recently are make they're making it illegal to offer gender affirming care uh, to your child. They're making it a child abuse. So leave. Yeah, go. Um, however, I think you know the middle class white ladies who are no longer having children. We should stay. Um, and fight the good fight and order as many abortion pills as we can and uh, work, you know. Uh, I don't give up the fight. That's that's what I believe. And, yes, Liz Lambert uh, was one of the forces changing um, South of Congress, as Paul points out. I will say the St. Cecilia, I haven't stayed there in many years, but it was for, many, for a long time my favorite hotel on, in the world, like, it is a fantastic hotel, and I sort of assume it still is, although I think she sold it. Anyway. Let's move on to uh, the next question, which is, would you cast Gerard Butler in a remake of a Sean Connery film? Um, my answer to that is going to be no. Uh, I don't think, particularly after doing Butler Vember, you know, Gerard Butler doesn't like I, again. I think what I'm struck by, I when we, I think one of the reasons we decided to do this was is that we were struck by the the sort of looseness of his performance in Reign of Fire. Like it, it's a good performance, and it's also contrary to what like we had seen subsequently. Uh, but Gerard Butler doesn't quite have the he doesn't have the twinkle in his eye that Sean Connery has. Sean Connery is charismatic as hell. I don't know how to describe Butler. Butler is sort of more stolid. That's the word that that's the adjective that comes to mind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, his range <laughs> is not great and yeah. he does not have, he seemed to be having fun. Um, even in, in like, I feel like actually, so we landed on gamer as being the best of the worst, uh, in terms of the three really bad yeah. movies we watched for Butler Vember. And I think one of the reasons it's okay is there's a slight twinkle in his eye, just like the most barest mm one that you can tell he's in a bad he knows he's in a bad movie and he's just gonna like commit um and it's also that michael c hall really and michael c hall is who knows he's in a terrible movie and is down for it is like i am going for it and that's wonderful and well done for him i do think we should do octavia butler vember next november maybe that would actually i mean dan we have control over this unless something happens i think we should do it I'm, and it's lay it this way. It would be good to plan it this far ahead, so I can make sure I've actually like done the work. Yes, uh, although by then were. we will have a Kindred TV show. 
Ooh, that's a good point. Oh, not Kindred. No. Okay. Yes, Kindred. Kindred is. Yeah, it's Kindred. Is, yeah, Kindred. Kindred's coming. Yeah. Yeah. So. Okay, I think maybe like next. Yeah, if we're do, if we're doing this next November, it'll be Octavia oh, November. <laughs> I feel like you keep on saying like if we're still doing this podcast. Is, do you know something that I don't about the future? No, no, of this no, 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 no. I. <laughs> we just watched Greenland, Anna. You know, we don't know what's coming down the pike. That's all I'm saying. You know. So yes, sorry. Okay. Sorry. Because although we, we we do spend time and energy on this, it is not it is worth it it is also something that i think both dan and i it's part of our self-care yes participate in this that's the way i would put it yeah. yes yes uh so more questions yeah we answered we sort of oh anything else besides octavia butler well we we are planning on doing bapril yes we're gonna do uh bapril will be michael bay um so we're gonna do him and i actually suggested this and you know this is a sneak preview of the podcast to come i actually think we should do a chris evans month yeah. Um, because Chris Evans has some interest has made some interesting sci-fi choices. Uh, and, you know, he's been in not just Snowpiercer, which we're, I think we're going to be doing for, yeah. for Cold Sci-Fi Winter, but there are others that are unusual. Um, and so uh, in addition to his MCU stuff. So Maybe I think we can, we can find him. For the Ooh. holiday season. Or or Happy Evans month? No, I don't know. We'll we'll, we'll have to figure this out. We'll, we'll come up with the Evans? appropriate. Like do a July? The 4th of Evans I like the fourth of Evans. <laughs> Ties in with the Captain America. Oh, oh New Year's Evans. Evans. That's good. good. Oh, that's pretty smart. Yes, I, I like, like that. that. Well done, I Billy. Like that. Okay. Uh, and of course, we'll I'm not opposed to doing Evans. Evans miss all year long. Like. <laughs> <laughs> or we could do seven Evans. Uh, <laughs> we'll, fi- we'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll, yes. we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. But I, I think that's an intriguing idea. Uh, Billy has a good question for you, Dan. Um, any ire implications from Twitter situation that you're wondering if they could happen? So I think a couple of things. Um, the first is, is that, you know, Twitter right now is kind of like, and I I think I tweeted this out, but this is how it feels. It's like, you know, when you're driving in your car and your check engine light goes on and you're like, yeah, that that doesn't mean anything. I'm just going to keep driving. And of course, you can keep driving for a little while because that's fine. And then like the change oil light goes on. You're like, ah, screw that. Like, you know, what are the what are the car manufacturers now? The car is going to keep working for a while, but at some point it's going to break down. Um, and I think the, the question now is what how does Twitter break down. And there's a couple ways this can go. One is, is that something actually like really screwy happens with the tech and they just don't have enough people to fix it. That's one possibility. One possibility is that it kind of evolves like Facebook, which is that, um, you know, if you take a look at the, uh, at the demographics of that, Facebook is just dying with younger people. TikTok is and crushing old, it. I was going to so, say, it's literally some of literally dying some of facebook's yeah exactly yes like i i still i still belong fox news demographic really right exactly um that's one possibility at all you know which means it'll still maintain like relevance but the relevance will skew and like slowly fade from from view um the bigger thing that i'm legitimately concerned about is it's going to be easier to hack into twitter and so to what extent does um, do you see, you know, more malevolent actors try to take advantage of either information they glean from Twitter or, you know, can they hack into DMs, things like that? And also Twitter at times was a very useful uh, communications device for those actors involved in social movements and more repressive societies. Although I will say that I'm not sure that's as big of a deal as it would have been a decade ago, because now there's things like Telegram and WhatsApp and other sort of, you know, stuff that might have um uh, particularly WhatsApp because it has end-to-end uh, user encryption. But tw- the advantage of Twitter was that it was in some ways the bulletin board. And so the question is, is whether Telegram or some other um, uh, site can take its place. So, yeah, I, I would say uh, there are going to be some potential implications. Although the implication of, and I again, sorry, I wrote this as a Substack piece, the idea that we're now in a world of techno-polarity where Elon Musk is like, you know, the equivalent of a great power is just horseshit. It, it's based on nothing. And, um, you know, I don't deny that Elon's capacity to destroy things is quite impressive. Um, I don't think he's actually going to be able to use it to influence much of anything. Or only make things worse. Uh, yeah. So I get to just put in why I'm uh, cynical about Substack is that every journalist I know now has a Substack. And right. it is not a sustainable medium. 
like it 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 just isn't like how i i have subscriptions to like five six seven different yeah no no i know it'd be that have substacks because i want to support them how often do i read them almost never um and also i've i don't know if i've shown this before but um my sobriety column i initially conceived of as a substack oh okay and i think it might have been a good substack it benefits so much from having an editor like it is just such a better piece of work and something that i'm proud of and that i feel like i can keep in my portfolio um because it is something that i have to bounce off of somebody else you know and substack offers editors but you know it's not in their self-interest to to push back (laughs) no and also substack has changed i think they used to offer like sort of for lack of of putting it the equivalent of blue check marks on Substack, yeah. more services. I don't think they're doing that uh, anymore. And they're so not offering of money either. Yeah. So yeah. it is not sustainable. And pretty soon someone's going to realize, I think the Atlantic already did this, that, hey, why don't we take the best of Substack and put it in one place, which is a magazine. Yeah. Possible. So, you know, uh, and then I have to, my two cents about what what is unfortunate about Twitter dying I will say just for myself, I, I want to put on my social justice warrior hat. I should make one. Um, Twitter made it incredibly easy for me and I think others as a, a you know, self-siloed white person. No, sh- no, no, uh, not a lot of shame in that. I guess some shame, but uh, we all self-silo. We're, we're a siloed society in, in terms of race and class and ability. And I was able to have conversations with and eavesdrop on the conversations of people who are very different than myself, uh, people with disabilities, people of color, um, people having a different living experience. And I didn't have to work to do that. I could find them fairly easily. And there were people on Twitter willing to do the very hard work, the very difficult emotional labor of educating people like me. Uh, And... Sometimes that got called canceling, uh, or it could look like canceling. But I think often to hear those voices was, it felt weird for many of us with privilege because it's a voice we hadn't heard before, and it's voices we're not used to seeing uh, occur in Moss. So, you know, it was a great, a great source for guests on my podcast. Um, you know, I was able to book, I mean, I, I, there are very few out trans people in my life, except for those I know through Twitter, you know, um, and no, I know a lot of really great disabled activists that I probably wouldn't come across except through Twitter. I would add, like, you know, beyond the, the sort of social justice view of this, as an academic, I found Twitter incredibly useful because it was also a way of opening up disciplinary silos, um, which is I got to follow you know, a lot of interesting historians, economists, oh, Kevin sociologists. Cruz, what do I do without Kevin Cruz in my life? Yeah. Um, you know, and so uh, and it led to some interesting conversations. I will say, you know, like and one of the ironies about this is that, like, you're seeing people sort of recognize as things are collapsing. Oh, right. We used to complain about this hell site, but there are actually there's value in it. I think I, I, I missed the Twitter of a decade ago, I guess would be the way to put it. Also, like just the silliness. Like, I don't know if you were participating in this, but I remember my favorite moment of Twitter will always be when Sharknado uh, um, premiered on sci-fi. And for some reason, almost all of political Twitter found it on cable and we all started commenting on it at the same time. And like, it was just, it was just a bananas evening um, because the movie was so crazy. And actually, you know, maybe at some point we'll do that for the the pod, but um, and, I, that was, it was a sense of community and that I actually will miss. Um, and, and I'm not sure that'll be right. Who have careers that deserve them, that they got through Twitter, many writers, yeah. Um, yeah. the dog rates guy who I know just a little bit, but he's an example. They're, I keep track in my head of, of wealthy people who I have no grudge against <laughs> uh, or people who I believe that their income is completely good. Like they, they derive their income from, from doing good in the world. And man, the dog rates guy, he's like 21 now. He was like under 20, but when this whole thing started, I think he was a, he was like a, <laughs> I remember he's a golf player and he was like in the golf team at like, hmm. I want to say Vanderbilt or something. Um, and now he runs a little empire, you know, of breeding dogs. 
and does a lot of good in the world with it like funds you know we has a partnership with trupanion which is a dog and which is a pet insurance company which highly recommend having pet insurance so that's wonderful i know i have friends who who got writing jobs um yeah there's a lot of good stuff there uh, i i think oh yeah west virginia university says billy that it could be it was someplace appalachian adjacent i want to say um so anyway we we all have i think we've yeah, we all have I think we've beaten that question into the ground. Yeah, okay. <laughs> um, probably something we could go on uh, mm-hmm. about. Uh, and let's say, oh, good one. Any MCU movies on the podcast agenda? I think we will do Wakanda. We think we're going to be doing Wakanda forever. Uh, yes, that is that is on the uh, the list. It um, might be a somewhat special episode. We might take a Thanksgiving break and and do kind of a relaxed a more casual you know like one of our one of our special episodes where we only go on for like a half hour you know half hour to 40 minutes as opposed to something much more flushed out so, and yes, I, we that... can just be like oh there's there is ir let's just talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> there's definitely ir let's not get too deep um yeah. uh, and so i've heard i sort of i now want to see black adam which is supposed to be terrible i guess uh but i as people must know, we both have an affection for terrible movies. It's true. So. I kind of want to wait, like you know, like I mean, as we noticed, uh, like I, did Don't Worry, Darling got went from like theaters to HBO Max in like a month or something, you know. And so I kind of wonder, like, well, how quickly will Black Adam get to a streaming service? Because frankly, I'm not sure how I can watch Black Adam at this point otherwise. So. I don't um, know if it's so still in theaters. I chose our next question to be the one about doing Battlestar Galactica. I have lobbied Dan for this. I will consider like, part of the issue we have on this is when we do television shows, we have to we have to somehow confine it. Like, and I, I want to you know, like when we did Futurama, I think I think one of the interesting things was how many of you said, well, you know, you judged only four episodes, you can't, you have to sort of do a little more than that, but. It's which? tough when you're doing, which, by the way, fair enough on Futurama. I'm sure like the the, the show um, is better if you if you watch more of it. But you know, we only have so many hours of the day, and so it's a question of like what on TV can we can we rewatch. But I am open to doing like a uh, like an arc. I think that's the that's the unit that we want to aim for when we do the TV shows. And I am suggesting the new Caprica arc which is such a direct commentary on the war on terror. And I remember being blown away by um, when I first saw it. So, By the way, by new Battlestar Galactic, they're talking about the one from 15 years ago, right? Like there's not a new, new one that I've missed. Yeah. yeah. I th- okay, just I th- making sure. There might be some coming. I don't know. IP is a flat circle. There we go. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Um, a speed round here. Yeah, because I need to get Cisco going soon. Or Janeway. <laughs> Oh, Picard. Um, I think I... I'm, yeah. Torn between Janeway and Picard, I think. Um, Feminist in me wants to go with Janeway, but, I mean, Picard. Like It's Picard. It's Picard. Will you be yeah. watching any of the World Cup, Dan? I will not be watching any of the World Cup in Gutter. I will be here. Um, but no. <laughs> I, oh, Dan. But I'm um, too. Yes. No, no, no. Um, will I be watching any of the World Cup? So I am a a total homer when it comes to the world cup which means that if the u.s is doing well i might watch them also when my son comes home i suspect he might want to watch the world cup and i do like watching sports with my son it's it's something i, I feel really like dad dad in like real life is a good dad yes. i like doing that with him so yes and i do like world cup like soccer i like i you know i i it's the combination of sports and nationalism i'm sorry i do i do like it uh do you, what about you uh, anna uh I Homer. Um, I mean, the Qatar yeah. part is. Oh, it's. Let me put it this way. I I, I am not going to. I'm glad people you know, are getting education about Qatar. Yeah, exactly. It's, or Qatar, whatever you want to say. It's gutter. Yeah, yeah. It's it's horrible. On the other hand, I don't know if it's any more horrible than when it was in Russia in 2018. So you know, it like oh, well, FIFA the is whole, bad. Like, the that, like, yeah. the FIFA is evil. Like I mean, yeah. it's just it's an right. evil organization. But that was... like, talk about like evil organizations taking over Twitter. I mean. <laughs> Yeah. FIFA is an example. Oh, God, FIFA. No, no, no. Like, I, I, I actually laughed earlier this year when FIFA sanctioned Russia, and I was like, really? 
Really? You're you're actually now going to like take a moral stand on something? And it was like, I understood why FIFA did it, because for once, they weren't the worst actor in the room. But still, it, FIFA is just a abysmal organization. So. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. let's see more here. Um, <laughs> uh, oh, God. I guess people who are asking this, uh, Paul asking about the new Avatar movie, we missed our <laughs> we had a, We had a brief on, on mic discussion about it. Um, <laughs> I am against doing the new Avatar because yep. I think that the first Avatar was one of the um, Merc. I'm going to call create a category called Mercury movies, which are the mer- movies that run over your brain like Mercury, like they just don't make, they just slide, like just slide right off. And I think the first Avatar is an example of that. Mm-hmm. Like experientially, it's fine, but then what do you remember of it? And Dan, for some reason, got stuck on it, <laughs> like. <laughs> How would I'm I put this? I, well, I, you know, I was thinking like it's a sci-fi movie. It's a big sci-fi release. We might actually want to be timely and it's with true. stuff, but like, we don't have to be. When we talk yeah. about trying to make this this podcast like a little bit more of a pop, a little more. Yes. We we consider doing like it's good to latch on to existing cultural phenomena, but right. putting my foot down on Avatar, not doing Avatar. Fair enough. Too much, too much, okay. too much else out there that I actually want to see. Um, like. I would say uh, Avenue Five. Yes, I, I would I'm be not be opposed to doing. 5. I would not be opposed to doing an Avenue Five one. Um, and which the answer is of the two, I would pick Avenue Five. I assume, Paul, you're talking about Avenue Five or the reboot of Quantum Leap or the original yeah, Quantum Leap. I I'm not sure. Means the reboot. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, and then, uh, good question. Do you prefer near future sci-fi grounded in our real world or far future sci-fi, which is free to make up new settings almost from scratch? That's such a good question, Doug. I think I know the answer to this, which is we started this podcast because we both love The Expanse. And The Expanse is in some ways near future sci-fi. I know it's set like 200 years in the future, but The Expanse was grounded in the sense of the human beings are going to be human beings. And we're going to add a little bit of the tech, but the tech's going to be as believable as possible. They took very few leaps. Yeah. False dichotomy. Also fair enough. Yes. Uh, I think that sci-fi can be grounded even if it's in far future. Not, and the expanse is a wonderful example of that right. and i think or we've, we've also andor yeah right andor is a great example too god it's so good we didn't get a chance to sort of fan person out about mm-hmm. uh how good andor is and that's well, we got that another monologue the only thing yes. wrong with it is that it's so like a monologue right but no it's 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 written it's like wow okay like let me persuade i hope stellan skarsgård got that script and thought oh i'm gonna act the hell out of this like it's a, <laughs> and then it, he it's did. an it's a beauty <laughs> yeah no and he did it's a beautifully written um thing but as you say it's like so beautifully written that you're like wow this is good writing yeah, yeah which can be yeah, a problem yeah. but it made me think like oh i want to go back to being on the speech and debate team in high school so i can deliver <laughs> that monologue in competition <laughs> fair enough uh we you were you did policy debate right uh no i never did debate um we had a thing in high school we didn't have a debate team in high in high school we had something instead called mock trial um which i did do but it was a slightly different dan did you model un i did do model un in fact i was bielorus uh in (laughs) model un which at the time meant something very different and was mildly terrifying because i went we went down to the uh the Belarusian embassy uh, consulate for the UN, which mysteriously enough was where the Soviet consulate was located, um, and one of my uh, one of my colleagues asked a question about Afghanistan, and that did not go well. One of your so, colleagues were you doing model UN in high school or college, Dan? No, high school. I'm sorry. Okay, I was, good. One of my classmates. People doing I, model I, UN in college, I, there is a difference. Um, mm. And I have to say, doing model UN in high school in Lincoln, Nebraska, we didn't go to any consulates. Like <laughs> we were in Connecticut, so it was easier to go to the consulate. That was part of the advantage of being in Connecticut. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was yeah. I was part of the China delegation. Um, uh, we're going to. OK, no more questions. Yeah, I would say I got to get going soon. Yes. Who yes. is the best actor in Battlestar Galactica? I don't even know where to begin. Um, I've not I've now forgotten all the names of people, too. So. Uh, oh, um. It's Mary McDonald. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, I was I was blanking on the name, but I was about to be the lady who runs stuff. Yeah, um, um, yeah, it's she's, Mary she's, she's really really good. Uh, and yeah, then yeah. Bal Balthar. 
is Baltas- also- oh uh uh Gaius you mean Gaius Baltar um, Gaius Baltar yeah he's yeah very, he was really good, good too yeah um, but they're all really good that's like yeah that's, you know, the, that's one of the reasons why the show yeah. is is so good yeah um foundation or dune if you had to pick one to watch dune that's that's not hard yeah in the slightest that, that, that's not even is a debate kind of bad that that is our, yeah. our take on foundation it's interesting and entertaining but bad um yeah. and lee pace and foundation is good uh predictions of the ir ramifications of lula winning in brazil dan um you're gonna see a little more you know like attempt to talk about global south stuff from lula but he's entering now in a very changed world and so i suspect lula's going to be frustrated about uh the vision that he has for the world that is not going to resemble where things are now as opposed to when he was in office before um so i think the interesting thing about lula is going to be you know like but he lets him saying some stupid things like he talks about the war in ukraine being you know really nato's fault at heart and there is a debate to be had about the role that nato expansion played in terms of russian aggression but the idea that it's somehow nato's fault is a assertion too far so maybe he will wind up you know being more sympathetic with the russia and, and china blocks um which would be interesting and i'm not sure entirely appreciated by the brazilian society so we will see how this goes <laughs> and on that note um uh yeah. i will wrap up by saying i will wrap this whole thing up by saying uh i think that our greenland episode is is entertaining uh, yeah. and that I'm looking forward to talking more about Andor. I know that it's a popular on the Discord as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, Dan is doing a great job of picking up questions from the Discord for us to answer on the show, so please weigh in there about Andor mm-hmm. if you want any questions answered. There is. I will add IR. something, yeah. I will uh, take and yeah. yes, everyone have a happy Thanksgiving. Take some time off. Yes, happy Thanksgiving to everyone, and, and you know, enjoy your turkey or turkey substitute. All right, bye-bye. <laughs> I'm trying to end the event. I don't remember how. Here we go.